You're listening to Autumn on the Air, the weekly podcast that brings you conversations about the impact of research commercialization and the people who make it happen. Join us for interviews with patent and licensing professionals, innovators, entrepreneurs, and tech transfer leaders on the issues and trends that matter most. Keep listening for an inside track on the people, IP policies, and politics changing our world. According to the most recent official numbers from the U.S. Census Bureau, there are nearly 3.6 million Black-owned businesses. An estimated 1.3 million people are employed by 4% of those companies, a testament to the resilience, creativity, and entrepreneurial spirit that permeates Black communities across the nation. However, despite this significant presence, there are still long-standing hurdles to entrepreneurship, lack of access to capital, education, networking, and mentoring opportunities keeps potential founders from taking the steps needed to build something great. Today, I'm joined by Dr. Grant Warner, the inaugural Bank of America Endowed Professor of Entrepreneurship and Director of the Center for Black Entrepreneurship at Spelman College to discuss how initiatives like the center are working to overcome these challenges. Led by Dr. Warner, the center is pioneering new pathways to success, providing aspiring Black entrepreneurs with the tools, resources, and support they need to thrive in the competitive business world. Welcome, Grant. I'm so excited to have you here on the air. Uh, Thank you, Lisa. Excited to be here. Thank you for the invitation. Oh, you're very welcome. And we have a lot to talk about today. So let's go ahead and jump right in. And I wanted to start off by asking you about the Center for Black Entrepreneurship, because I know this represents a significant investment from the Bank of America, as well as other partners. So tell me, how do you envision this financial support translating into some tangible benefits for aspiring Black entrepreneurs? And for those who don't know, the Center for Black Entrepreneurship is a partnership between Spelman Morehouse and the Black Economic Alliance. The mission is to unlock Black entrepreneurial talent connected to capital and commercial markets. And we're really thankful for all of the partners who have uh, contributed uh, to the the formation and growth of the center, including the anchor investment from Bank of America. And when we think about the support, it will provide benefits both to aspiring entrepreneurs and practicing entrepreneurs. Uh, So we're announcing this week the launch of the Entrepreneur Scholars Program, which will deploy $2 million to offset the cost of tuition for our aspiring entrepreneurs on the Spelman and Morehouse campus. Uh, Additionally, the program will reinforce our core principles through programmatic uh, support, uh, which will focus on ecosystem, education, and pathways. Uh, But then when we look at practicing entrepreneurs, oftentimes HBCUs can't compete in all of the funding, available funding opportunities uh, because there's not the pool of available matching uh, dollars. Now, the financial support from the partners have allowed us to pursue an EDA opportunity uh, called Build to Scale, which we subsequently were awarded because we had the capital uh, to meet the matching uh, funds requirement. We expect, again, to have some of the similar programmatic elements, the ecosystem, education, pathways reinforced for those uh, that community of practicing entrepreneurs. 
Wow, that's really great. And I wanted to ask you, it's obvious that the center's aims to eliminate barriers for Black entrepreneurs. And you mentioned um, providing access to education by helping to offset tuition. But I'm sure there's also things related to mentorship, and you've also alluded to capital. Um, how do you envision the center helping to achieve those goals as well? Sure. Yeah, the, the center has uh, a few key aims uh, that we come back to, this ecosystem, the education, the pathways. And when we think about the ecosystem, it's kind of the deep and meaningful connections between uh, our ecosystem, our stakeholders, and kind of the broader actors uh, in the innovation ecosystem, making sure they're really deep connections. Uh, it manifests itself uh, in the mentorship programs. Uh, so for as, as an example, we have a mentorship and residence program that we've started uh, this year, which aims to have weekly touch points or provide access uh, to weekly touch points for our students to funders, founders, and also ecosystem builders. Uh, so we have one of our alum, a VC with the Opportunity Fund, uh, which started as SoftBank's $100 million commitment to underrepresented founders, who's come back uh, as a mentor in residence for the program. And I think that speaks to the quality of our uh, mentors. Uh, as you've noted, uh, we, we count the Entrepreneur Scholar as part of that ecosystem development. We have the University Innovation Fellows, where they engage with a broader set of uh, University Innovation Fellows from different institutions all over uh, all over the world, which is important. Uh, where next week we're hosting First Pitch Fridays, which will bring some VCs to campus and provide exposure for our students to that uh, ecosystem. So again, all, all of it has the has the goal of introducing our stakeholders and students to the larger ecosystem. So ecosystem is one of those uh, pillars. The other one is education, and I think from our vantage point, uh, what we're really trying to share is our experience and knowledge at the intersection of race and entrepreneurship. Uh, so we've launched an online uh, certificate program uh, with those elements and also an on-campus uh, minor. Uh, so again, kind of when we think about our stakeholders, we think broadly in terms of aspiring entrepreneurs on campus, practicing entrepreneurs, adult learners, practicing professionals uh, off, off campus. Uh, and then on the pathway side, uh, it's about deepening relationships with the startups and funders, but then providing access uh, for what might be next. Uh, so we have a, a program that's run by my colleague, uh, Dr. Tiffany Bussey, called the Entrepreneurship Leadership Consulting that places uh, students with the scale-up companies that she's working with. Again, giving them kind of deep exposure uh, to what that looks like, but also providing an opportunity for them to practice things that they learn in the classroom to the benefit of those uh, of those companies. Um, uh, we are, we're doing reverse VC pitches, having VCs come to campus, really explain their investment thesis, programs that they have available that students uh, can leverage. Uh, and then on the pathways is really opening up access to capital. So one of the benefits of the partnership with the Black Economic Alliance is uh, they, they are supporting both the Center for Black Entrepreneurship and a sister fund called the Entrepreneurs Fund uh, with a carve out for people who go through our programs. So we're really thinking kind of comprehensively about the support, again, about building ecosystem, providing 
education for the the development that you need, then providing pathways to funding and experiences past those things. Well, Grant, I'm curious, you've mentioned a lot of different programs and initiatives. How many people are at the center besides yourself? Yeah, yeah, yeah. that's a great question. It depends on how you count. I mean, (laughs) the beautiful thing, (laughs) the beautiful thing is that the center was established on Morehouse's and Spellman's campus that already had uh, a dynamic entrepreneurship environment. So at uh, Morehouse, there's the Morehouse Innovation and Entrepreneurship Center. I alluded to Dr. Tiffany Bussey. Yeah. uh, And they have uh, programs. Uh, On the Spellman side is the Spellman Innovation Lab, and they manage programs, including the Spellpreneur uh, program. So in some ways, it's a, a confederated approach, uh, you know, that brings together stakeholders that already exist. And then we're supplementing it by increasing the staffing at the center. But that is a process that's still in motion. I would so. imagine so, given all these new <laughs> rollouts of programs that you just described. Yeah, indeed. Yes, indeed. Well, and you mentioned about this dynamic entrepreneur ecosystem, and obviously there's been a lot of success there at Spelman with its entrepreneurship initiatives. And those seem to me to be deeply rooted in the institution's commitment to nurturing diverse perspectives and fostering inclusivity. So tell us how Spelman ensures that its entrepreneurial ecosystem remains inclusive and equitable and empowers entrepreneurs from all backgrounds to thrive. Yeah, it's a, it's a great question. So when we think about uh, HBCUs, I think people uh, naturally expect them to be homes of diversity. But yes. when they think about the diversity, it's just that, oh, yeah, they're kind of black students there. But then within the, that that uh, black student body, it's not ma- monolithic, right? It's, uh, you know, first gens uh, mixing with people who are legacies. There are people who have gone to private schools mixing uh, with people who have gone to public school. Uh, people who are from the South, people who are from the broader diaspora. So it, it's always had kind of a rich diversity within the HBCU uh, experience. In fact, my, my family is from the Caribbean, uh, and one of my grandmother's brothers went to Tuskegee. Oh, uh, wow. You know, and it was, yeah, it was part of, uh, kind of, and then his son went to Tuskegee. So, you know, it's always been part of the uh, dynamics of an HBCU. Um, so the, the other part that I would say, so you got this kind of rich diversity. The, the other part that I would say has traditionally been the strength of an HBCU is the idea of safe space, even before they were called safe, safe spaces. spaces right? yeah. How do you, how do you uh, provide an environment that allow people to explore their interests and figure out whether or not they like that thing, uh, without feeling, uh, judged, you know, as they kind of go through the bumps and bruises, something that allows them to fail forward. And I think the HBCUs have been a model of that. Uh, when you look at particularly uh, STEM education, one of the reasons I think uh, STEM education has been so successful at HBCUs, you look at engineers uh, and uh, people who go on to get PhDs in STEM, HBCUs are overrepresented is because they provide that safe space that I can go out, explore, I can learn, I can be wrong, uh, but my failure is not a fatal failure, right? Anything that I don't understand provides me an opportunity to fail forward. And what the CBE is trying to do is bring that HBCU dynamic to entrepreneurship uh, in ways that a lot of Black students don't experience that when they're at a a PWI, but they they can get to experience it here. Yeah, that's fantastic. And 
Talk to us a little bit about the unique role that the center is playing in bridging that gap between Black entrepreneurship as well as professional investors. You've alluded to it a little bit more, but I'd love to learn more about it as well. Yeah, yeah. As I, as I mentioned, I mean, it's kind of uh, in the in the DNA of the CBE, so to speak. When you talk about bringing together Stallman Morehouse and the Black Economic Alliance, uh, the idea, I think, in having the home at the AUC is, well, how do you bring kind of the top HBCUs and then bring them closer to the network that the Black Economic Alliance has? And uh, the BEA was founded by really some of the foremost uh, Black leaders in corporate America with that whole goal of bringing their resources, expertise, et cetera, to maximize the impact on work, wages, wealth for the Black community and want to make sure that they bring that home uh, to the institution. So the core idea is to leverage their network inside the classroom. How do we begin to build case studies uh, that serve as digital repositories, not only for our students, but that can be shared, uh, you know, kind of across the HBCU ecosystem uh, and beyond. As I mentioned, they're forming the Entrepreneurs Fund, and that's already been catalyzed with some initial investment. And one of the ways that we facilitate uh, funding after people have gone through uh, CBE programming, part of what's built in uh, to that uh, to that fund. Uh, and then there's just our intentional work, as I mentioned, hey, let's do the reverse VC pitch. When we have pitches, let's uh, engage with uh, the Black VC community, uh, both formally through Black VC and informally uh, through, uh, you know, individual discussions that brings them in and engages them uh, with our students. Um, I was I was uh, sharing earlier today, I was ha having a conversation. And uh, when you think about uh, the lack of uh, VC funding uh, for Black entrepreneurs, you know, less than 2%, depending on the statute, get somewhere around 1% less for uh, Black women. Uh, it's easy to say, well, it's a, it's kind of a pipeline problem. And then you look at, uh, you look at the, um, the research work that is uh, promoted by the SEC, uh, for example, they said, well, when we look at the behavior of VCs, when they look at uh, companies founded uh, by, by Black entrepreneurs, we notice that there's a difference in their behavior. They'll focus more on how well they understand the ecosystem, how well they understand the competition, what does their product look like, than they will with other uh, entrepreneurs. So we need to bring uh, VCs to campus to talk to them about the, you know, kind of the evaluation, the diligence process, strengthen them in areas that we know that right uh, that we believe wrongly that they're over uh, scrutinized around so we can make sure that we strengthen them. So there's a really uh, particular mission around making sure there's access to capital. And then beyond uh, beyond VC, I think the example from uh, the pandemic, when we look at stimulus funds, uh, begins to help us understand what happens to Black entrepreneurship when there's uh, access to capital. Uh, there's been a number of research studies that look at uh, the increase in uh, entrepreneurship during the pandemic. It was kind of decreasing prior to that, been an explosion since then, and really has been mapped quite closely to the release of uh, stimulus dollars and that impact is amplified inside of Black communities. Uh, and it's because 
there has been traditionally a dearth of capital in those spaces. But given access to capital, there's a lot of uh, entrepreneurship potential that gets unlocked. And again, we want to be part of facilitating that unlocking. So, Grant, I wanted to also ask you, uh, how does the Center for Black Entrepreneurship go beyond teaching technical skills to helping to instill intangible qualities and mindset necessary for entrepreneurial success? And here I'm talking about things like resilience, adaptability, and creative problem solving. Uh, that's a fantastic question. As I mentioned, uh, there's a minor that recently launched across uh, both campuses. Uh, one of the the core elements of that curriculum is black entrepreneurial mindset. And it speaks to all of those things, you know, kind of the resilience, uh, adaptability, uh, et cetera, uh, that's important. Uh, the, the other piece, though, I think is kind of the historical vantage point of how the black community has demonstrated those things in the face of adversity uh, and really grounding students uh, in that knowledge. Uh, you know, I think that helps build a bridge to their uh, to their future success. So that's that's a key a key component. the The other part, though, of the of the minor, uh, you know, it's that black entrepreneurial mindset, but it's also making sure that you have um, the core frameworks uh, that are popular in entrepreneurship, design thinking, lean startup. Uh, we require students also, uh, to go through uh, those uh, those courses. Now, again, we, we think uh, you know differentiating element uh, as we talk about the intersection of race and entrepreneurship is to make sure that we're bringing people into the classroom that can reflect their own experiences uh, that students can identify with. So, really, you know, particular about as we walk through the business model canvas, where are the entrepreneurs we can bring in that can speak to various boxes, or if we're doing uh, design thinking projects, where are the projects that they can do in the community uh, where, you know, it's both both meaningful and impactful. Uh, so I think all of those are kind of bottled up in the minor uh, today. And then I'll just uh, close by going back to that comment about uh, safe spaces. I think in terms of the pedagogy, uh, what we're trying to do is make sure that we create a, a safe space uh, so that people can uh, propose ideas, be critiqued for those ideas, but still feel empowered uh, to move forward with new knowledge, right? That that strengthens them uh, and prepares them for what's next. Yeah. And I think it's really incredible because I know Spelman and Morehouse students participate in a number of immersive programs. And one I wanted to mention in particular, the European Innovation Academy. And, you know, obviously that helps broaden their perspectives and hone their entrepreneurial skills. So how do these international experiences contribute to the holistic development of the school's entrepreneurial ecosystem? And tell me what unique insights do students gain from engaging with these diverse markets? So I'm going to provide a bit of a nerd answer. So I have a PhD in mechanical engineering. So I had, I had a mentor uh, once and like one of his sayings was a solution uh, is dependent on the boundary conditions. So, I mean, you could have the same material, uh, you change the boundary conditions, you get very different uh, responses. But in order to really appreciate that, you have to be exposed to different boundary conditions. Uh, and so programs like the European Innovation Academy is one way that you get exposure to different boundary conditions, kind of what are the behaviors and cultural norms that might dictate 
uh, consumer behavior? Uh, what are the rules and regulations that might impact uh, business uh, decisions, right? When we look at uh, kind of how transaction happens, all of those things are important uh, to be immersed in, right? To really appreciate the ways in which they might impact uh, entrepreneurial behavior. So I think on one side, uh, these immersive programs have the benefit of that type of exposure, right? Exposure to different boundary conditions. And again, I'll shout out my colleague, uh, Dr. Bussey. Uh, she has uh, taken a number of students on these types of trips. I think there's one coming up to Portugal and she is engaged with the SBA to bring in uh, some people who are really, uh, you know, versed on the Por Portuguese ecosystem and trade, et cetera, that provides some foundation. The, the second piece, though, is on the network development, like that, that ecosystem piece. You know, if you want to be successful in entrepreneurship, um, I was uh, reading an article about Richard Parsons, uh, used to run Citibank. It's like, well, it's 10% what you know, 10% who you know, 80% luck. So the 10% who, uh, what you know, we can do through the curriculum. 10% who you know, we can help by providing experiences like this, people who are also connected uh, to the ecosystem, not just where you are, but all around the world, which we think uh, is is pretty valuable. And hopefully uh, those things uh, impact your luck, right? Because in some ways, luck is when preparation meets opportunity. Exactly. And the more people you know, right, the more chances uh, that you will see an opportunity that you can leverage. Absolutely. So Grant, a little bit earlier, you mentioned about the launching of an online certificate program. Can you share some of the details about its structure and the specific audience it aims to serve, making high-quality education in Black entrepreneurship accessible to a wider community? Sure. The, uh, the online certificate uh, program actually was piloted under East Spelman over the last year. In many ways, it has a very similar structure to the minor. Uh, so it's a sequence of courses that you get, and at the end of that sequence, uh, you get a certificate. The target audience is uh, outside of the academy. So we're really looking at adult learners, uh, people perhaps uh, later in their careers looking to explore entrepreneurship or uh, early stage entrepreneurs looking to refine their approach as they begin to build and scale uh, their venture. The, uh, the other piece, I would say, looking at our offerings, we're now beginning to think, of, think about iterations to the offering. Well, how, how might we develop standalone courses with micro-credentials? So again, if you're a practicing entrepreneur, you might not have to sit through a four-course sequence before it pops out a credential for you, but you might get something specifically in fundraising that could be, that could be meaningful and helpful. The other uh, piece that we're thinking through right now also is an open source uh, front end. Like how do we provide kind of broad exposure to many people about topics really relevant uh, to entrepreneurship and black entrepreneurship? And then if you have a desire, there's an opportunity to go deeper through some of these, uh, the standalone courses that might shoot out uh, micro-credentials. So we're really excited about the possibilities for the certificate program. And we expect to roll out at least the first pilot versions of these new iterations uh, in the latter half of this year. Yeah, that sounds like an amazing program. Congratulations. So all the best Thank of you. luck with the pilot. 
So Grant, I wanted to ask you, could you share some examples of some success stories from Spellman and Morehouse's entrepreneurship initiatives? Sure, sure. And, you know, it's interesting when you look at success stories, in some ways, uh, you might think, well, the, the success story of someone going and launching a unicorn. And I think yeah. that would be, that would certainly be a success story. Definitely. But I think the broader impact for the program is not that, right? It, it's the changes that we do in individual students as they go on and prepare for their careers. Um, so interestingly, earlier today, uh, we had uh, a Q&A with some students just kind of about their experience with the CBE. And one of the students uh, mentioned, well, they came to college not really thinking about entrepreneurship at all. Uh, but because the CBE had started the minor, they had an opportunity to take uh, entrepreneurship courses with one of our professors, uh, Professor Millicent Springs Campbell. Uh, and in that course, there were a number of guest speakers that came in and in engaging with that broader ecosystem, it sparked a passion that made them realize, well, entrepreneurship is really something that I do want to do uh, and uh, that I want to do with my life, right? Not just go and take classes, but something I want to do uh, in my life. And that is that is the win uh, that the CBE is really trying to attain, right? Well, how do we make uh, entrepreneurship available to all of our students? And then you make the choice about what that particular mindset, skill set, frameworks, et cetera, can be used for. So for some of our students, that means, yes, I'm going to go on to entrepreneurship. And uh, what she wants to do is start a Pilates studio. Like, hey, I want to do something that I'm passionate about. Um, and and that's, a, that's a fantastic win. Other students will realize, well, you know what? Uh, I'm really interested in this space. I want to go be a, a funder. I want to I want to provide capital. Or I want to go work for an entrepreneurship support organization. Or I want to go work inside of a large company uh, and maybe I'll be uh, I'll be an innovator there, or I'll be an entrepreneur there and lead a new product line, or maybe I will just be a great employee because I have self-efficacy that's come from exploring uh, entrepreneurship. All of those things are fantastic wins. Uh, we had another student uh, that was interviewed kind of for this same blog, and it was an opportunity for him to explore tech entrepreneurship, and he wants to go. Uh, he's launched uh, a company, sold uh, some version of that company, he's building another one, been able to go to pitch competitions and win some of those. Again, fantastic win. But they're just different paths that people take uh, kind of with access to this skill set. So no one particular win, right? Just a, a bunch of opportunities to make sure that we provide exposure, you know, that we, we have programs uh, of quality, uh, that we are touching enough students uh, and then we're here to continue to to support them. Yeah, and it sounds like your programs are definitely having an impact and really reaching pretty far with your students. So congratulations. So Grant, as we look ahead, what do you hope the CBE will have on the Black entrepreneurial community and the broader business landscape? And how do you envision its ripple effects transforming lives and shaping the narrative of Black entrepreneurship? Yeah, great, great question. Uh, so I think aspirationally, uh, if I were to step back and think about what the CBE uh, could be, could represent, I hope that it's an example of how uh, HBCUs 
can help to transform the community around them, right? Really be an economic development engine, uh, spurring economic change without uh, gentrification. Uh, you know, as I was leaving uh, DC, there was an innovation district that was uh, forming around uh, George Washington University, which I think is uh, fantastic. I know as I arrived in Atlanta, uh, there were a couple of uh, proposed um, bills going through the state legislat legislature, one being um, a prosperity planning district, which targeted uh, HBCUs. But I think there are kind of all of the catalyzing elements for something like that in the AUC. So we've gotten the investment from our corporate and par partners, uh, the organization that came from the CBE, there's the Russell um, Innovation Center for Entrepreneurs, which was is within uh, walking distance, have a mayor's office that really is thinking about uh, how do we accelerate the growth of uh, Atlanta as an entrepreneurship um, uh, ecosystem. So I think there are all of these catalyzing elements. So I, so I hope that the, the CBE and its partners can capitalize on that to, for the benefit of uh, Black entrepreneurs. So I think that that part is really important. Uh, but the, the the other part of it, in in addition to the acting and the actions, like yeah, you know, setting up programs. So we we have a um, what is essentially a pilot program uh, called CBE Lift, done in partnership with the mayor's office through Invest Atlanta, uh, Tie Atlanta, which runs a mentoring and investment uh, network. Um, and uh, a few programming partners, including uh, the Deraja Collective, uh, to support um, 16 uh, Black tech entrepreneurs uh, per year, really begin to, um, uh, you know, kind of model uh, model these partnerships that we think are important for supporting and accelerating uh, Black entrepreneurship. The entrepreneurs will be housed at the Russell Innovation Center. Uh, so I think, you know, all, all of these elements uh all of these elements coming together. But the, the other piece of it is making sure that we're doing rigorous evaluation uh, around that, like uh, really understanding kind of what drives the best outcomes and um, uh, codifying those as best practices. So we, we do have a uh, research agenda uh, in partnership with the Black Wealth Data Center, really thinking about what are the levers for uh, creating Black wealth. So I would say, you know, in, in addition to creating the uh, the actions and the environments for an innovation district or something like that is making sure that we're collecting the data points that allow it to be uh, replicated uh, and improved. Well, Grant, thank you so much for all your time today and for sharing so much about the CBE with us. Congratulations. It sounds like it's having a tremendous impact and thank you for all the hard work that you're doing. Well, th thank you. And if anyone's interested in learning more about the center, feel free to visit cbecenter.org. Uh, and we'd love to have you involved in the work that we're doing. This is only possible uh, when we partner. So you're yeah, always looking for partners. Awesome. Thank you so much again, Grant. Thank you. As we wrap up today's insightful conversation, it's evident that the path to fostering Black entrepreneurship is both challenging and promising. From bridging the gap between Black entrepreneurs and professional investors to instilling essential entrepreneurial skills and fostering a culture of innovation and resilience, 
The Center for Black Entrepreneurship is paving the way for a brighter future. Thank you to Grant for sharing your insights with us today. And thank you all so much for tuning in. Thanks for listening to Autumn on the Air with Lisa Mueller. Get social with us and share your thoughts. You can tweet us at AUTM or visit us online at AUTM.net. We'll be back next week on the air. Be sure to join us.